September, Bristol City away to get that opportunity with what thousands of Geordies only dream of. Lee Clark, Lee Clark 1-0. Williams, our first goal of a sudden underway at Leicester, uh, was a left foot volley. I didn't realise my left foot was for kicking the ball with it as well, I thought it was just for standard. Higmet. Playing against Chelsea and, and to score the first goal there is something that still lives with me now and it's it's what most people will talk to me about. Shit every weekend. It's the three legends banter and rivalry across the northeast on the tune, the cat, the red. Ah, uh, here we go again, gentlemen of a professional player perspective. How are you doing? Oh, good, Dave. Thank Not too you. bad. Yourself? Evening. Yeah. See, you all jumped when I said professional player. You all jumped <laughs> in there very quickly. I noticed. <laughs> But, well, I've um, just heard you sing there. I, I don't think that was very professional, Dave. Oh, please, 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 please. <laughs> um, <laughs> and for those who have just tuned in for the Three Legends, he's talking about the last programme, I'm telling you. Um, <laughs> fellas, uh, you know, as much as I'd love to sit here and gloat and say the Borough holding up the North East End, being the only team to win, uh, but, you know, we won't go there. Um, over to you. What are you chewing the football cut over tonight? There's a bit of a well, low blow, that, Dave. <laughs> I can go as low as a chihuahua, mate. Snake's belly, don't you worry. It's amazing what a week does in football, day because, you know, last week, Bristol City away, 2-0 down, get back to 2-2 and then lose the game. Some of the goals we conceded as well, but apparently one of the balls was out. Bristol City scored a goal from a ball that killed out back in. It was the worldie, actually, that the lad scored in the top corner. Should have been disallowed. I was, uh, I was chatting to the kit man in the week who he said the bench and the staff weren't very happy about it. Um... So they felt aggrieved at that one, but then to put on a show that they did against Preston in midweek uh, was was absolutely brilliant. Listen, I have to say Preston were really poor, and I expected a lot more from them. Borough were just allowed to do whatever they wanted and didn't need to be anywhere near the best, um, which they weren't. Uh, I'm sure they can play a lot better, and I've seen them play a lot better. But to get that result four nil, it was really emphatic and puts them in in decent form going into that Leeds game this weekend which um, I'm really looking forward to I think it'll be a cracker yeah it's ominous place Higgy, Ellen, don't Ellen be Rodney. they asking for, for Higgy don't be asking for VAR in the championship please <laughs> oh mate yes. that, do you know what that's because I, that's why I didn't say, the first thing I'm thinking of was well we've got to talk about VAR again because I don't want to. I don't want it in the championship. I'm happy when you mentioned it away. when you mentioned the goal for against Borough at the weekend. I thought you were going to mention VAR. No, I can't because there's no VAR, thankfully. And and the game at the moment in the championship is brilliant, and the fans love it. And there's no stop start. There's no stupid. Let's look at that for four minutes and decide that the referee was right all along, or let's overturn it by telling him to go to a a, a monitor and watch a, a stupid slow mo that will look bad anyway. It's it's ridiculous, mm-hmm. Clark. I'm I'm fed up, and I've seen the Newcastle one this week as well, and how that was given. You just think, come on, mm-hmm. you know, enough's enough. Let's you've, well, you've lads, we'll sucked this, the soul we'll out of well the game. Get my rant out the way, mate. Yeah, get it out <laughs> the way because it, I, well, listen, mate. everyone's with you, even me. Yeah, yeah. no, I, li- li- Clark, <laughs> listen, guys. Li- <laughs> quick, quick. 
it was listen. Uh, there's one word. There's one word for it. Uh, disgraceful. But what I will say, which is. <laughs> Um, I thought the referee was actually having an outstanding game until he got called over to the monitor. He's a good ref. And then VAR got involved and just... Aye. He's a very good ref, and he was showing that. And I think if he hadn't got called over, which he shouldn't have been, VAR shouldn't even have asked him to go to the, the monitor. But like Sean Dice said a couple of weeks ago, he said 99.9% .9 of the time when the referee gets called over at the monitor, he changes his decision. Yeah, mm. uh, so you know basically Aye, that's going to change, and uh, like everyone's agreed, everyone I've seen in punditry and the media, us just talking amongst friends and us here at the night, all agree disgraceful decision. And what you've done is you've 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 changed the the narrative from that being one of the best uh, results in the club's history, and that's not going overboard to go to Paris Saint Germain. You know, needing to get at least a point to stay in contention for the quality to get into the knockout stage, and you go there and win one nil. Whether we deserve to be with the dominance that Paris had a lot of in the second half, but you're there and your players are fighting to get a one nil win, and you get you get unstuck with a with a terrible decision. And what it's done is for me, it overshadowed what was a brilliant performance by the yeah. players and the management. Dave, can we clarify but the dominance rules? Means nothing, does I, it, Clarky? Is, you is the rule, dominance, you know, teams teams dominate games, you know, on, on a regular basis. But you know, it's about putting the ball in the back of the net, isn't it? Which obviously Newcastle did, and you know, to take that away from them, um, you know, the regardless of whether you know PSG dominated or not, it, it's just it's it's just mind blown, mate. Absolutely mind blown to make a decision like it that. It is in in, uh, in, you know, just, in, in your... the, just let the referee deal with it. <laughs> he did though, didn't he? He dealt with it yeah, really well. You and, know, and then, like you Clark know. says, when you get he called did. to that you... monitor, it's ridiculous because they change their mind 99.9% .9 of the time. That's what I'm saying, mate. But the rule, the rule, exactly. I see, this is where I'm in a grey area because that rule, if it hits your part of your body, then goes on to hit your arm. And Dave, you might be able to clarify this. That's been brought in in the Premier League. Now, is that the same rule for UEFA or is it different? Now, there's, and, and this, is, this is where you say grey area. Each competition that uses VAR has its own set of requirements in terms of how the match officials use it. Now, the laws don't change. The laws of the game can't change. But it's how match officials use VAR. Now, each competition will have a... a it's not a different set of rules. It's just a different interpretation, a different way of applying them. Um, but it yeah. is common practice that, you know... I, I know they changed the handball rule. What? Was it yeah. in that within the last two years they changed the handball rule to, to uh, um, I think the whole idea was you used to be able to score with your arm if it was accidental. So they wanted to rule all that out, stop all the grief and the arguments where it touched his arm as it went in. So th they tried to really pinpoint what a handball was, um, and they narrowed it down in terms of the referee being able to use common sense um, because they were saying if it hits the arm, that's it, you blow the whistle. But then there was this. There was this interpretation of if it strikes another part of your body and bounces up and catches the arm, you know, which the Premier League tend to use because the, the, the Premier League will look at the rules, look at the laws and they'll say, fellas, this is how we want you to apply it. And that's where the grey area comes because you UEFA say, fellas, it's our competition. This is how we want you to apply it. So there are slight differences, but no, under no interpretation was that a handball. And the reason why it but was a handball and it was given as a penalty is because he was called across 
to review it at the monitor and he's gone across there with a negative attitude thinking I've made a mistake I better find this mistake or I'm in trouble and he's looking at slow-mos and stills which don't show you the natural movement of the ball in real time and that's where VAR falls down twofold psychologically because it makes the ref think he's made a mistake so he's looking to change his mind he's looking for evidence to change his mind when he goes to that screen and then obviously secondly when you don't play things in real time they look 10 times worse. But that can't be right, can it? You've got to look at things in real time. Yeah, I think totally I've said big. it a couple of times. You've got to look at it in real time. Everything that must be looked at, because you can look at anything in slow motion, and uh, the the most innocuous tackle will look like a sending off, because there'll always be contact. Football's still a contact game. It doesn't mean just because you've, you've won a ball and then accidentally kicked someone else that that's a foul. It's, it's just gone so... It, it it just drives drives me mad, you know. When I'm watching it, it 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 does sour everything. I mean, we had one. I was at Man City Liverpool last week. There was a shot edge of the box. Rodri, Gravenberg's come out, deflected it with his leg. Rodri's gone flying to the referee. That's a handball, handball. All the Man City players around him, and the game stopped for two and a half minutes while he looked at this ball in twenty different angles, hitting Gravenberg's leg. It was nowhere near his arm. And from the commentary position, miles up, you could see it went nowhere near his arm. But players are now starting to play on it. But I'm thinking, well, why? Because if, if Far's there, yeah. all you're doing is stopping the game from flowing. Yeah. You're making stupid things. You're never going to get it because Var's going to see it. But they're thinking the slightest touch now, if it's slightly at your hand, we might have half a chance of getting something. And that works both ways. So players got really skilled at flicking balls up and hitting people's arms in the box. That's why they stopped that handball yeah. rule. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Not only could you not score a goal with your arm, which was right. Good but point. Yeah. They had to go the other way where attackers yeah. are getting the box and trying to clip balls into arms and you've got to give a pen. That can't be yeah. right either. I mean you guys you guys are the masters oh, okay. of, of overcoming rule changes. And and Big Sam was an absolute genius. Do you remember when he when he started putting at free kicks, he started putting the two guys on the apex of the six yard yeah. box? Yeah. And that was to distract the keeper. Yeah. Um because he'd looked at the he'd looked at the law changes and thought, well, they've got to be actively involved in play. Well, if I stand them there, they're not going to be, but it's going to distract the keeper. So if there's any scraps to pick up, the keeper doesn't know where to go. Um, so so you guys are, and you're right, Iggy. You know, players will play at flicking the ball up if it strikes an arm and it's a free kick or a penalty. You would, wouldn't you? You would. You would. Well, it's an easy thing you'd have to a go do. Just you can get quite up. skilled at it. You, you can get quite skilled at it because it's an easy well, thing play, to do. The and players are that talented now, aren't they? Yeah. And this yeah, is, you see, this is where the FIFA's. This is where the IFAB, who, who's FIFA and the four home associations who make the laws of the game, they don't understand the game. They don't. They haven't been players. You know, they've either no, been Dave, administrators. This is doing my head in referees saying, "Well, players don't know the rules. Players shouldn't be in there. They don't know the rules. We don't. We don't need to know the rules. You know the rules. Referees know the rules. That's why you're in there. We're there to say whether there's been a bit of gamesmanship involved, whether someone's meant it or not. Yeah. Because you know when someone's meant to do something. It, it's a player thing. You know, referees yeah. haven't got that knowledge. Yeah. Which, which is why I could never agree with you if you said players the should Trump. be brought into referee. But where I would totally no, agree with no you chance. in is players should be brought in to help match officials in terms of understanding how players play. Absolutely. A hundred percent. That's the only the reason the I'd want players got, in the guys, bar room. The but problem the, you've got, the problem you've got is it's every every weekend there's yeah. an issue with VAR in, in, in one of the Premier League games. Is it and it's a big 
controversy and it's every single weekend in the Premier League obviously because that's the only league uh-huh. in, at the moment and now I couldn't use in the VAR but you, you watch any game over the all of the uh, Premier League games in this well that shouldn't have been a goal or that shouldn't have been a pen or that should have been a pen and he should have got a red card mm-hmm. and it's just causing con it's not it's not rectifying or it's not helping it's not doing what it's it was not, brought in to do it's killing it's just to help uh, yeah. and enable referees mm. it's making referees uh, it, like like we've just said that referee was outstanding but his performance has been overlooked by a lot of people mm. because of that VAR decision and that's and that's like spoilt his whole performance now and two things Clarky, on that. how many times Sorry. have we been speaking about something in the championship a, a blatant error in the championship that's, mm-hmm. that someone should have got right and didn't have we all season no and they no. haven't got far. Very rare, very rare, man. No, we haven't. No. Do you know what I mean? We I mean did you see the Barnsley right. goal? We the the Wickham Barnsley goal <laughs> yeah. with the keeper. Oh, oh yeah. 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 It was and yeah. I'm, do you know what? Absolute I'm glad that was given. Yeah, but I'm glad that was given because the keeper's playing up there. He had a little you know, he's yeah. keeping the ball, trying to waste time, doesn't want to let it go. The striker comes in, just nudges him, and then the keeper goes down as if to fall on the ball and, and waste more time. But he drops the ball. He drops the ball. Striker goes through, scores uh, a goal, and now they want the referee and the assistant banned for allowing the goal. That was the right decision. It's yeah, mad. Exactly it's right. it's madness. What? Yeah, totally what they're trying. Totally agree with Higgy. It's, it's nuts. But there's a serious. I, I can't believe how bad it's gone. There's a serious far. side. There's a serious side but, to it, but, isn't there? But Dave, of course, there's Newcastle should have had two more points. Yeah, Dave. This, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Exactly. And we would have been good in second place in the group. With AC Milan, who it isn't the strongest AC Milan team that's been around. Coming to St James is that we've made into a bit of a fortress since Eddie's been the manager. The atmosphere would it'll be electric, and all you need to do is is, is get a positive result to to get that mm-hmm. position in the knockout stages, which would for the first time being back in Europe in twenty years or whatever it is to get that in a in a really tough group. You know, everyone said the group of death. That's what it was called at the start. Would have been amazing, but what I was uh, going to say on top of the VAR uh, stuff, we've we've beat Arsenal at St James's, and we we should have beat Paris Saint Germain. And the performances of the players, and we know this, lads, we're ex-players. The performance of the players in those two games have been overlooked because of the VAR controversy, mm. and those players must be very mm. frustrated because they're not getting the plaudits they should they should have been getting for those two results because. Var when Miguel Arteta had his little bit of a rant, all the media stuff was about him, and then obviously on on Tuesday evening, all the media stuff uh, after the game in Paris was about the the decision, and it's it's took over what was to especially Tuesday, guys. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you've realised you've obviously had your your games with the clubs and that with Borough and Sunderland, but we've got a depleted squad at the moment. We had three subs, we had three goalies on the uh, bench, we had four untried youngsters who had a, a six minutes between the lot of them so the, these lads on the pitch the manager couldn't really make a change he wasn't in a position to and in the, in the, in the producing the results they have and like with the Chelsea win at the weekend and then this and it just it's overlooking what the mm. manager and the players are achieving which is the frustrating thing yeah couldn't agree more it's destroying the game and we're getting we're getting no no benefit from it I mean the the, the decision making so may lads have gone can, up fractionally lads can I- and we're destroying the game 
But it, do you know what, Dave? Dave I'm, I'm, I'm going to even. I'm going to disagree with that because the, with the major decisions, like major decisions, has it gone up? Like the referee on field, how many times has he overturned a decision when it's been right? Do you know what I mean? So if you you take that away, it evens itself up. Mm. I don't, I think it's very very marginal, if at all, that VAR's made any difference. The only thing is, is like Clarky says, it takes away from the players sometimes. Of course it does. And it takes away from fans it enjoying the, emotion, the game. The emotion away from and, fans. And do you know what? And I'm fed up of watching a game uh, and every 15, 20 minutes, it stops for two minutes because they want to look at something. They're trying everything they can to stop or disallow goals. Surely the whole point of the game is hmm. we want we want goals and we want more goals. So we want hmm. the game to benefit by having more goals, not less goals. VAR just does the opposite. Yeah, it tries to take all the enjoyment. It just takes the sting and out of the, the game, doesn't it? Out of it. Yeah, absolutely does. And the frightening thing is, you the administrators who are behind it now want to expand its use. Uh, yeah, and I was going to say that, Dave. I was going to say that about expand its use, but also this sin bin idea that's been brought out. What do we think about that? But then, what's it for? Do you know what I mean? What What do you go in the sin bin for? And well, exactly, you're allowed to have two bad exactly, tackles to go so, in the so sin bin. Going, it's just going to cause. Uh, do we talk about then, dissent? Do we talk about dissent first and foremost? Yeah, but is it is the player who gets set put in the sin bin, Dave? Is he allowed to warm up? Because obviously you kind of just put a player at the back in the dugout for ten minutes and then send him back out into a Premier League or Champions League game, high intensity, played at a rapid pace. You know, you, you'll, you'll be getting injuries right. left, right and centre. Mm. What's he allowed to do? Is he allowed to 100%. warm up on the touchline still? Or I'm with you. Exactly, it, it, there's so much grey area. And it's load of the managers have come out and rightly so and said, stop trying to interfere with the game. Stop trying to bring more uh, uh, rules or regulations mm. or whatever they're called or laws or whatever into the game. Just leave it. You know, the, the VAR, we've brought VAR in. It hasn't worked. We're still trying to find the, the right way for it to work. So don't try and bring something else in. That's going to add more problems to uh, it. Yeah. I mean, it'll be unrecognisable soon, the game. You're going to have to be getting ready different. for three-hour matches. There won't be before long. There won't be. It's there won't like be. Refs, football. it'll just be a computer. <laughs> well, you know what? I wouldn't put it past Correct. them to get automated right. referees. Well, that's, that's, what, that's, that's what they're trying to do now. They're trying to stop the referees using common sense. Yeah. Uh, exactly. They do have automated offside. They were trialling it at the World Cup in Qatar. No, seriously. Mm, I know. AI. Listen, yeah. so automated offside, what does that mean, Dave? Is it, you know, it, is it still the old rule or is it like trying to find a toenail offside to stop a goal <laughs> from going yeah. in? Because I'd, I'd rather find a toenail onside to keep a goal, if that makes sense. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So go the other way. Go. He can be slightly offside, but as long as he's got a part of his body that's onside, it's a goal. But then you yeah. know, you know what you're going to get. Then you're going to get the same yeah, argument well, cropping get, in. Yeah, is his heel exactly? Is his heel in front or behind that toenail? You're yeah, still going to get stoppages with VAR while they're trying. But to you'll work get it out. less. You'll get less goals taken off. The game will have more goals. Yeah. Because you're doing everything you can. Again, people wearing bigger boots as well. I get that. Yeah, to yeah, get, I get a that. goal. Do you know what I mean? So that's what we want. We want we want less uh, less margin to stop a goal going in. I'd, 
Do you know what I mean? I'd rather have... Yeah. It, it's now you've got a big margin to stop a goal going in, whereas if you change the law to that, you get less of a margin to stop a goal going in. If that makes sense to you. It does. Because you'd be onside a lot, lot more, do you know what I mean? Whereas you're looking at the moment just to get a, a hair or a shoulder just ahead of someone who's drawing a line that might not be right, but it might be right, and it's a thick line, and we don't know exactly the millisecond that the ball was kicked, that the margins are too fine. Whereas if you go the other way, it doesn't matter, does it? Because you could have your full body, but one toe is onside. Well, that was Arsene Wenger's idea, wasn't it? It's it's You're allowed to be offside as long as part of your body is onside. That's what he was trying to push through. So that's well, what that, they're talking about. Well, that's what they should do, because I've... I've I've gone on about this for ages about it, about the offside law needs to be rewritten to change, to start making goals count instead of making them disallowed because of it. This, the fraction, the fractions aren't, you can't yeah. get the, the millisecond to when the ball's kicked to the line being straight by VAR to when the player makes his, it's, it's just, there's too much there for anyone to get 100% spot on. So to disallow a goal for a, a nail being offside is just ridiculous. I've got a better idea, fellas, and I hope this will kill the VAR conversation. Why don't we scrap it Let's and go back it. to like the championship? I you know, if a referee makes it a, yeah, a, a exactly mistake, the referee leave. makes a mistake. Mm. <laughs> and I'll, you won't, you'll only talk about it for a weekend. Correct. Then it's gone. Yeah. Where does yeah, the VAR? By the way, <laughs> the players, the players on the, the the players on the pitch are making mistakes. Then there's mm. no player on that pitch not making a mistake during the course of the game. So the referees exactly, will make mate. a mistake as long as it's an honest and genuine one. You're accepting it like you guys have already said. There's none of this debate going on in the championship or the League One or League no. Two. Is you know you, you do get the odd no. little bit where we should have had that, and you'll get a manager saying we, that that decision didn't go for us or whatever. But as a manager, you're always going to be like that. But you, you're not having where there's replay after replay and saying oh this should have happened. But we are in the Premier League because mm. this VAR is just causing yeah. carnage. And by the way, if it's a tight decision, like you say, Clarky, the players understand. Well, that was a close one that we can't really expect him to to see that close because it was yeah. it happens really quickly and it was a really close decision. Do you know what? When I started refereeing, yeah. I've just totally thought of something agree. here, fellas. When I started refereeing, when it comes, it was normally offside. When it comes to an offside decision, and you're not sure, give the benefit of the doubt to the attacker. It that used to be. The rule was. It used, used to be, to be the, the defender. It? It, it used to be the law. It used to be give the benefit of the doubt yeah. to the defender to play safe, so you're not awarding goals that shouldn't stand. And then they changed it, and it was the emphasis was put on give the benefit of the doubt to the attacker because we want to see more attacking football. You know, there's no benefit of the yeah. doubt at the moment. They're trying to remove it and sanitize it, and it's not working. No, no, just no. just scrap Dave, it for me. Dave, can I'd I just come back? You you made you made a point earlier, Dave. Uh, when you said about you're not you're not one who's advocating about ex players becoming referees, but you would have them in the VAR um, uh, box or whatever it is, uh, yeah. the room that they use. But what about what about when players is there not a, a, a way of getting ex players to be fast tracked be, to become referees now? Because I know it's a long process to start from grassroots refereeing to get through all the way through the levels to get to become a a football league referee and then mm. a Premier League referee, but surely an ex-player playing playing the game, you've understood a lot of the things that are going on. 
Is that would there not be room to fight? Because you know it's difficult. You know what it's like. A player, say for example, he goes to thirty-five, the usual retirement age, and then what's the retirement age for referees? Is it about there 50, isn't, 55 There isn't or one. There, there was a legal case a handful of years ago is, uh, by it's a not referee. A specific. So there's not a specific. So you've just so got that to stopped it. You've got to keep passing the fitness tests and performing at a high level. That's where it is now. So right. age, age catches so, up to you. So, so one of them into, goes. Into, yeah, yeah. So, in terms of an ex-player, if he wanted to become a referee, um, is that is there not the scope where you can fast-track them a little bit because yeah. of the experience they've had as a player? What does it take on average? It takes about thirteen years for for a decent referee to to reach the Premier League. Mm-hmm. That's that's the sort of training and background and development he has to so, do. So, and so, most so, of so, that so, is so, to get a feel so of the you game. Take for example a player who's 40, 35. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. So you could fast track him because he's already got a feel for like the game. See, uh, he's got an understanding of the game. Uh-huh. He, what he doesn't have is the understanding of the application of the laws. That's what he's short of. But he gets football. He's he's been a professional player. So yeah, it would work. But it would. It couldn't be a, in two years you're going to be refereeing in the football league or the Premier League. But it would. But it would uh, certainly no, be a no, hell of I, a lot I shorter mean than that thirteen kind years. Of fast track. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what you want yeah, to do? Yeah, I totally, I totally agree. I, I, I don't, I don't mean shortcuts. Yeah. Well, I, I probably don't, but I've, I, I do know well, ex-teammates of mine, Higgy, who, who have got that. Yeah, Steve Hawke as a qualified referee. Um, so you know, there have been lads of teammates of mine who went on to do it. But like you say, Higgy, it's such a precarious position. They get mm. so much flack. You'd be wondering if any ex-player'd be crazy enough to, to have a go at it. But it would, yeah. it would. It, it would be interesting to see if so, if if someone or a few of ex players done it and see how they got on, you know. Yeah, I think Anth Loma did it as well, didn't he, for a while? Um, yeah, yeah, Anth Loma. Yeah, lad, I know really well. He was a he was a football league referee. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, stop talking so, refing and VAR. It, Get it, into listen, footy, fellas. No, no one's seeing this, man. We can't. Come. All right. Right. Yeah. Come on. And, but uh, listen, we're, well, if I'll we tell you what, I'll go, Newcastle, I'll we'll go talk first. about the last I'll league game, Clarky. Yeah. Come on, let got to talk about Chelsea. What a performance, yeah, you got to. man! Four one, four one at St James's, and uh, as I said, de- de- depleted squad. Still a strong uh, start eleven out on the pitch, but a depleted squad, and uh, we've unearthed another little Geordie gem in, in Lewis Miley. Played a terrific little through ball for Alexander Isaac for the first goal. Seventeen years of age, uh, full home Premier League debut against. Uh, a very expensive Chelsea and then a couple of days later full um, Champions League debut in the, the Parc de Princes uh, against PSG so and he's he, he's been terrific in both games and he couldn't want it to happen to a nicer lad got to know his family he's got two two brothers in the Newcastle Academy an older and younger brother and he's got another brother who's in the Sunderland Academy so four brothers in that family uh, very much in the football world and Lewis is flying the flag for that family. He's been outstanding. So it was a it was buzzing in Newcastle last Saturday night, as you can imagine. A, a, a brilliant win when, you know, everyone was expecting, you know, with the depleted squad, but also the way Chelsea had, had started improving under Pochettino, expecting a real real tough game, which it was. But then Newcastle produced a terrific performance. So like we were talking about earlier, that the home form is is sensational. Hopefully it continues tomorrow night against Man United. 
it just gives everyone a lift, doesn't it? Clark? You know, the home, being at home, you know, you, you see it, you know, like you say, the young lad coming in there, you know, imagine, can you imagine the feeling that was, you know, going through him at the time, you know, being on the pitch against Chelsea, you know, having a fantastic game, like you say, and, you know, playing in, playing in front of a, you know, a packed stadium. It's just, it just gives everybody a, a boost and a lift. It does. It's, it, it, everyone was buzzing, Daz, after the game. It was the standard of opposition, the quality of the performance throughout the game, because we knew that if we if we had a call on the bench, and this hasn't been disrespectful because we had three goalkeepers on there, we had four and tried youngsters, and hey, who's to say those youngsters wouldn't have made the same sort of impact mm. uh, as Lewis Miley yeah. until you give them a chance, you never know, but it, you know, it is a tough game exactly. when... It, it's a tough call when you've got to give two or three youngsters that the first start in such big games together as well. They, they need those experienced lads around them. Um, but it, it just give everyone a, a, a huge lift, you know. So going into the, the, the Paris uh, match and then obviously we've got, as I said, Man United tomorrow night and everyone's going there full of optimism and, and, and think that we can go again. And what Eddie, I think the credit has to immense credit has to go to Eddie and his his staff because what they're doing is they're taking away the excuses they're not allowing the players to have an excuse book about oh this player's missing that player's missing they're just uh, saying yeah we've got a good team out on the pitch we've, we've got more than good enough capabilities to win the game let's take the uh, excuses out the out the way and let's get on and crack on with trying to win matches and, and that's what Eddie and his staff have done brilliantly for me like yeah. yeah, no, I don't think anyone's seen that result coming like that, did they? It, it seemed like it was um, it was a matter no. of time. With with listening to the game, I was listening to bits of it, and it was fairly tight for bits, wasn't it? And then Newcastle just boom ran away with it. it. Was. I think Chelsea Chelsea lost away a little bit, didn't they, Clarkey? But that's got to be down to Newcastle, surely. They did. I think it was the pressure they put on the Mickey. I think it was mm. the intensity Newcastle played the whole game at. I think. Uh, you know, uh, Thiago Silva, he had one of his, he's been accomplished since he's come in at uh, Chelsea and belittling, you know, belittling his, his age, but but he even looked a little bit, he's played in massive games all throughout his career, whether that's for his country or for club, and he looked a little bit shell-shocked, he made, uh, you know, a couple of errors that were uncharacteristic for him, and I think it was the intensity that Eddie's got the Newcastle lads playing at, the speed, the, the play, the starts, the start games, unbelievable, especially at St James's. The tempo was, was absolutely crazy for them to get a, on the front foot and get the fans behind them. And I think that's a, making a big impact for them, especially at St James's. Do you think what happened at PSG will have an effect in the Man United game? Do you think they'll be a bit down, a bit flat? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, 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 yeah. That that's a good question. I listened to Eddie's press conference this morning, and he was saying the lads have. Have been in training the last couple of days and they've been buoyant. They've they've parked the the PSG result and and what's happened with it and they've just focused on Man U. What he's done over the course of the season, he's he's done that really well. But I get where you're coming from, Higgy. I mean, we've all been there, haven't we? Where we've mm. we've played in a terrific team performance and then something's happened in last minute or injury time and it's took away a potential brilliant result from you, and it can have an adverse effect. Um, just hoping Eddie and his staff can get around the lads and and, and, and and take the positives from Paris rather than the you know the negative, which was the last minute stuff, and they can go into the game tomorrow night and 
have the same impact. Yeah, well, they're on a great run, aren't they, at the minute? Like you said, though, Clark, I think I, th- I think you've got the best management team for that to deal with things like that, though, don't you? I mean, you know, the the man management skills he's had since the start of the season have been fantastic and proved proved that on the pitch, mate. You know, with the you know the, the depleted squad, the young lads coming in, you know, producing the goods, getting you know fantastic results. I think you know. I think you've got you've got the best staff in mind to to deal with situations like that. Well, he's so calm and collected on the touchline. Does he's 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 always just thinking about how he can change the course of the game or what he has to keep doing. His assistant uh, Jason Tyndall, he's nicknamed Mad Dog by Newcastle fans. He's the one who does all the winding up in the technical area and that, and he's the one who's in the fourth officials here. Eddie's just totally focused on his job yeah. and what he's got to do, and they, and they seem to bounce off each other. They seem to have a, a good rapport and they work off each other. So, you know, Eddie doesn't get involved in any of the nonsense, but if there's ever anything between the dugouts or whatever, he just leaves Mad Dog to it and yeah. lets him crack on and he can focus on the game. It's a good ploy. Yeah. <laughs> Aye. How do you see the game going? How do you see the Man U game going, Clarky? Um, I think if if we can keep the starting eleven on the pitch, Higgy, and there's no like any you know fatigue or any injury, more injuries come, I think we've got a chance, a real good chance of winning the game. But if we have to, you know, go to the bench, then we're, we're a little bit depleted and we're taking risks with untried youngsters. But I, I think we we're more than capable of certainly on my day beating. Man United, I watched them through the weekend. Uh, you know they're, they're they're so hit and miss at this moment in time. Even though they're on it, when you look at their results, it's quite shocked actually. Um, that their run of results have been quite positive. Yeah, I, I, I didn't realise they were that good because uh, their performance levels haven't been that really high. So I think we've got more than enough to win. But I think if we if there's any effect anything affects the the starting eleven. We will be in, you know, looking into a little bit danger zone then because we're, we're taking risks with untried youngsters or putting players who, you know, for example, you might have to, if you're going for experience, probably two experienced players we'll have on the bench tomorrow will be Matt Ritchie and, and Paul Dummett, you know, so mm. it'll be what what he does if anything was to happen. So it's, it's fingers crossed to start eleven and stay fit for the full duration. Go on, Daz. Crack on with Sunderland because Silence. you must have so oh, much to mate, talk dude, about. Gotta... Clarky oh, summed mate, Newcastle up brilliantly. Honestly. What's going on at Sunderland? Yeah. <laughs> I just, I mean, it's been disappointing two games, to be quite honest, mate. Um, I know, I know they had a little, they've had a little chat behind the scenes, the players, um, you know, discussing, discussing the way forward. I think, you know, a lot of ownership's been put, obviously, on the strikers. Mm. Um, you know, because they've not got a goal between them, you know, and it's, you know, you think that we've got some young guys in there, um, you know, who, uh, you know, at times you need to have a, a good mix, mate, and I think there's, you know, no disrespect that, you know, they're all good players, but, you know, to have that bit of experience and mix in there, you know, might make a bit of a difference. Obviously, Dak's been on, on the back foot again, you know, out injured. I know he was on the bench uh, the other night, um, came on, didn't really affect the game. Um, you know, Mayende, he's he's a he's a big strong lad, but again, he's a young lad. Uh, you know, and are we relying on him too much? Are we putting a lot of pressure on him? Um, you know, it'd be it'd be nice to get you know just to, 
one of those scruffy goals, should we say? Uh, because you know, at, at this moment in time, we you know we're relying on you know either Jack Clark or or you know Luke O'Nan scored the other night. Um, you know, we're relying on players that are you know not out and out strikers to to get us goals really, and it's it's been disappointing, mate. It's been disappointing. I think you know, like I said earlier on, you know, we, we dominate games, but you know, if if you're not scoring, you know, it's 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 pointless. Um, Do you think you know, that's part of the problem, Daz? Do you think that people are saying, I look, we, we haven't got enough scorers and, and it's getting to the team a little bit, you know, getting to the defence, getting to the midfield, I if you like. But like you say, everyone's, it's, you know, everyone's in it together. Yeah. Yeah, of course they are, mate, and totally. And I think that's what I'm saying. I think a lot of press has been put on on them. You know, and they, are, they are young guys up the, up top, you know. It's mm. you know, it's not like you t- you're talking about experience, you know, who, who, you know, who've been around and, and, and you know, can, t- can take the pressures of that. Some of these young lads, you know, may struggle, you know, trying trying to find the back and then at times. But, you know, I think we've just got to persevere. Um, you know, I, I love the way we play. You know, I think, you know, we try and play. We, you know, we get the ball down, we move it nice and sharp. Um, you know, it's just obviously, unfortunately, it's just not going it going in the other end. And then obviously, you know, we're leaking goals at the other end. You know, the first goal was disappointing, mate. You know, we've got to get close at the ball. Uh, you know, you've got two two players there who were, you know, at least for three or four yards away from the ball inside the penalty area, more or less. You know, and and that's disappointing. You know, that's disappointing as a defender. You know, you you react. You want your defender to react to things a lot quicker. Um, but unfortunately, we just didn't deal with it. And you know we've got obviously a, a a trip down to Millwall, which, as we all know, is, is not you know not the not the best place to go. It's a beautiful um, ground. Beautiful, you know, beautiful people. Not when you're looking for a run, is it? <laughs> not, not, not the place. Not, not, not the place you want to be when you're li- when you're when you're struggling a little bit, is it? When you're, you're lacking a little bit <laughs> no, of confidence. Exactly, and some of your youngsters are looking a little mm. bit there. They needing a little <laughs> bit of help. The last place you want to go is Millwall, isn't it? Oh my God. Exactly, mate. Exactly. I mean, he's, there's been talk of obviously him, him resting Job. Uh, he looked a little bit um, fatigued uh, the other night. Uh, Equa's obviously uh, on the fringes. Um, you know, Roberts was poor, uh, to be honest. You know, he, he's been disappointed in the last couple of games. So, you know, there's talk of maybe he's bringing uh, Barr in there. Um, that was Barr, not Var. Um, <laughs> yeah. just, to, just, just to clarify, you put the feet of God into Clarky there by saying that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm clapping you there, Daz. That's a classic. I'm clapping you there. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, but you know, by all accounts, the lads have had a had a meeting behind the scenes, uh, with you know, and they're basically. Um, you know, apparently sorted things out and, and got things. So, so I, whether there's been a little bit of disruption behind the scenes, mate, I'm not too sure. But that's kind of what's coming out uh, from from the dressing room. Uh, and by all accounts, Luke O'Neill said uh, finished the meeting off with uh, the unbeaten run starts now. So you know, let's hope, fingers crossed. You know, his his words uh, meet what happens on Saturday. Yeah, it has been a tough run for them. But they're 11th in the league now, Daz, from being in a, in a playoff spot. It just yeah. shows you how quick that league changes, doesn't it? It's, yeah, I mean, between, between like you say, mate, between both ends, mate, the, you know, the, the, the relegation zone and, and the, uh, the playoff zone, it's, there's not many points, mate. And if you, like you say, if you have a decent run, you know, you, you, you'll end up in there, uh, you know, in, in two or three games. It's, 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 it's mental how close that, uh, that section of the table is. But, you know, again, it's you know I touched on this at the start of the season. It's shades, shades of last year, if, you know, of how it started. You know, it started off really well. We were up there competing, you know, in and around the playoff area, uh, and then we had a little fade off, and then obviously finished strong towards the end of the season. But 
you know, you can't always rely on that, you know, especially especially where the league is now, where you know, you like say so your Leicesters and your Leeds and, and teams picking up in uh, in that. Um so yeah, for me, um Rusan could be back. Uh, could be back in the starting lineup, which uh, you know I'd like to see him in there. I'd like to see maybe he's Dak in there with a bit of experience. I'm not, I'm not too sure how, um, if he's obviously up to starting the game or not, but uh, you know he was on the bench, so fingers crossed, mate. But yeah, you know just the fans are talking about obviously you know Mowbray. You know I think majority of them are behind Mowbray, and you get the odd one or two who uh, you know like to like to spout off every now and then but for me I'm just trusting the process and what he's doing because you know he's made a he's made a big difference in in a short space of time and you know hopefully we continue to move but, forward but does you know when you're seeing that you know when you're seeing that does about some of the fans and uh, yeah. you know I get it's not coming from you it's coming from the fans if if you know they did get rid of Tony where they're going to go because the model of Sunderland Football Club is about Developing young players is about bringing young, yeah. untested players in. Some from abroad, you know, do they, can they work yeah. in in English football? And some from the lower leagues and and stuff like that. And, and Tony's proved right. since his time at Sunderland, he's he's an experienced manager. He seems to have a great manner uh, about him. Whenever I've yeah. come up against him as a player or manager, he seems to be a great guy, and he seems to be like that with yeah. his players. He's like a little bit of a father figure to them, you know. And I think it's worked really totally well. And we all totally. know we've been there. When you're working with young players, you're going to have ups and downs. You're going to have them. You're going to have some mega highs yeah. with them because they're unbelievably talented. But because they're inexperienced yeah. or they haven't got those experienced heads alongside them, sometimes when they have those little dips, it becomes a little bit difficult. Yeah. But I think, you know, you've got the. If for a. I'm just like thinking, you know. To, Top me head. Who would you go for? Who who do the Sutherland fans, it, the ones who are looking or talking about Tony going out? Who would they be looking at? Like, what? Who who's the who who's made a career out of developing young players or whatever for the model at Sunderland? This is a thing. Exactly, mate. This is a thing, and you know it's you know they they go they go on you know they, like you say it's a minority, mate. But they go on about obviously you know Tony is he the of best course, man yeah. job? I understand that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But you know, like like you said, you know, name somebody else because you know I can't, I can't think of anybody who, who who's who mm-hmm. can do what he's done in in the short space of time, especially with the the the, the young talent he's got. Um, you know, and it's it's it's, it's bizarre, mate, because it, we're not that far away. Do you know what I mean? And I, you know, the process, you know, it, without it a takes doubt, time, you know, definitely. To, and, and you know, for, for me, you know, you've just got to give him the chance. You can't keep swapping and changing all the time. It's just, you know, you look at Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough is a no prime chance. example. To start of the season, you know, you're looking at thinking, wow, you know, the struggle and like mad. This he's turned it around. Do you know what I mean? He's been given the chance. He's been given the opportunities. Do you know what really? I mean? He's, they've been patient Absolutely. with him. Trust the trust in the process. And and, and it's tur- he's turned the season around for him, which is fantastic. You know, just give Mogga the Mogga the opportunity and the chance, and you know, just like try and try and all the money does. Bit. You know, we'll give him the money. Yeah, exactly. No, exactly. Mate. Exactly, you know, he's, he's exactly. Working. One or the other. Yeah, yeah. He's working with. I mean, it yeah, is mad. I mean, very, very limited it, finances. It it is crazy. You know, you, you're talking about a couple of defeats. I haven't seen how Sunderland have played, how the young lads have developed, and then suddenly you're talking about, well, you know, do we need another manager? It's it's crazy. I heard one one fan say about yeah. Graham Potter, and I'm thinking, well, is it, have you got enough money for Graham Potter? You know, if you want him, yeah. and is he an upgrade on Tony? <laughs> exactly. I'm not sure he is. No, 
I don't think he is, mate, to be honest. Well, not for, not sure for the is. model son. Not for no. the model Sunderland football club I'm using. Definitely no. not. No. He wouldn't exactly. come in for that. No, he wouldn't. Oh. No, well, he'd, he'd want would, money, wouldn't, wouldn't he? he? No, you're right. You know, you want money. You don't, as a uh, manager, you need money. You need to build a team that you want. And, and you don't want to wait developing young players who might or might not become world-class players. Might or might not. Yeah. Exactly. He wants to deal in, in things that are now and here. I remember having a chat with Sam Allardyce once, you know, and it, it's something that stuck with me all the time. And it was when he was manager, I think he was manager of Blackburn or something like that. And I, I, I talked to him and I said, well, do you go down and see the youth team much? And he said, well, not really, no. He said, because th them players aren't going to be here. You know, by the time I, I could get the sack in two years' time or a year's time, uh, I haven't got time to go and look at the youth team. I'm, I'm more busy about the here and now. And that always stuck with me a little yeah. bit. Mm. So you need to know what your club's working with, don't yeah. you? Like like Clarky says, it's, yeah. you know, yeah, with the model that they've got, you have to... You have to yeah. apply it, and, and Tony, for me, is the best manager for that model that Sunderland could get. Totally, mate. 100%. 100%. Totally agree. Yeah, absolutely crazy to say. Totally I think it was agree. Love Supreme uh, published something today saying, have the wheels fallen off, and questioning whether there should be a change. I think it's uh, ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, anyway, totally. fellas, um, somebody who's coming up at 7 o'clock, Ian Murta, will be with us. Uh, black, white, red all over. His usual journalistic show, his journalistic look at the North East. He joins us now, Ian. Evening. Good evening, chaps. I'm just listening to evening, what you were Ian. saying there about Tony Mowbray. Evening, I, uh, I agree with everything you said. Yes, Sunderland are going for a dodgy spell, but he, he is the perfect manager to deal with a, a squad as young and inexperienced as that. Mm, absolutely. As, Definitely. But anyway, well listen, said, Paul. listen, uh, I, uh, uh, it was good to see you, Higgy, by the way, on, on the Tuesday yeah, night at Middlesbrough. And uh, be interesting to watch Preston on telly tonight. They can't be as bad as they were at the Riverside. That was a... How bad were they? They were awful. Met you before, so talking about awful performances. I, uh, I was at Sunderland the next night and uh, I didn't think... I could spend a, a more dispiriting 90 minutes, but then this morning on my way to Eddie Howe's press conference, my car broke down and I was sitting in freezing cold <laughs> for an hour and a half waiting for the breakdown truck. See, Ian, but, them uh, Lamborghinis are no good, mate. You need to get rid. Now there are Ferraris. Anyway, my two guests today. Now, I don't know if any, any of you will have played with, with my first guest. What a player he was. Kieran Brady, forced to retire at the age of 20 after just about 20, I played 30 against performances. Him. I played against Did he play? Him. I thought you would have, yeah. Tremendous player. Do you know, he, he, he was, he was, he he was, was sensational. Yeah, absolutely. He yeah, was a were, fantastic winger, great ball control, drop of yeah. the shoulder. Great yes. he, had, he had unbelievable natural ability. He did. He was there was a Great little bit of the gazer about him, a little bit of the gazer about him, but uh, I'll be interesting to talk because he's he's uh, got a lot to say about football, and I want to talk to him about about his day, his days at Sunderland, albeit it's thirty years ago. My second guest, in in one sense, I hope none of you have ever heard of him. His name's Max Taylor, and the reason I said that is because he works for Hospital Radio, and I hope you lads haven't spent too too long in hospitals, but he's been working for Radio Tyneside, covering Newcastle games, 41 years. 41 oh. years. So God, I don't really. just want to ask him about, about that job, but how does he compare football now to then? Because, you know, they don't they didn't have got on VAR back then, did they? 
So you know, well, the, I, bet the, the, I bet it was oh, better God. for it as well, Ian. Yes, can we? Well, can we go back? Can uh, we go back know. to them, dear Ian? <laughs> well, I mean, that, this this is the thing. This is the thing, lads. Do we want to go back? Yes, we don't want far. We, it wasn't it nice when most matches kicked off at three o'clock on a Saturday. Having said that, do we want toilets like the stunk that I have there? Do we want just the, you know, the grounds which didn't particularly look after their customers? So I w- I'd be interested to see what Max says about, about comparing then and now because he's been around even longer than we have. Cracking. So yeah, he's been yeah, covering Ian, Newcastle more about than forty-one things. years. Yeah. Ian. You talk about yep. those things. They've improved the game. VAR hasn't. Don't get a start again. We've just that, done half an hour yep. on it. I had to take them <laughs> off it. I had to, I had to say, oh, fellas, no. talk football, please. Anyway, spend the next 10 I've minutes. I've got grey areas to, from it. <laughs> trying to persuade Dave to take us all out for Christmas uh, knees up. Yeah, the guys the, guy, the guys have said yes, Ian. We'll, we're sort of get out. Don't you worry. Nice Christmas knees up for all. Ian Murta, right. all uh, the best, with us uh, and seven, and 7 o'clock immediately after the uh, three legends have done their thing. Um, Higgy, I think you've been waiting to talk Borough, haven't you? Yeah, well, I've had a little bit of yes. Borough, haven't I, at the start? We talked about the Bristol City game, but that, that game the other night, it was great to see Ian there. Um, like he says, Preston was so poor at... Borough didn't really need to be at the best and they weren't at the best. I thought Borough were okay. I thought they played really well. But Preston let them and, and let them do whatever they wanted on the ball. They they didn't close them down. They didn't put a foot in. They let people go. They let runners go. They were not going with one-twos on the edge. Borough could have done anything. Isaiah Jones and Matt Crooks had a field day down the right-hand side. I thought both of them played really well in the game. And, and Isaiah Jones got two really good goals. Um... And it could have been more. It, you know, if Middlesbrough kept playing, it was three at half time, could have been five. Yeah. Um, a couple of bad misses. And then second half, it was just a case of, it was almost keep ball. You know, Preston came out, they weren't much better. They didn't really trouble Senny Dieng's goal. And it was just an unbelievably comfortable night. And then the weirdest goal ever, the fourth goal, was um, Bangura coming from the left-hand side. It, he cut inside onto his right foot and, and you'll know what I mean when he shoveled it, right? He didn't kick the ball yeah. and he was he was only two yards inside the box at an angle, shoveled it with his wrong foot, his right foot and it went in and I've no idea how it went in. I mean, Freddie Woodman in goal for Preston has been really good for them um, but he, got, he just got completely wrong footed and it, there was no deflection. There was nothing. It wasn't even in the corner. And it ends up in the back of the net for 4-0, um, which it didn't flatter Middlesbrough at all. Like I say, it could have been more. Even at half-time, it could have been more. And then you're looking at that game thinking, well, Preston have had such a good start to the season and they're sitting yeah. in a playoff spot. How? You know, It just shows you how tight mm. this league mm. is. And on any given yeah, night, does, anyone yeah. can batter totally. anyone. Not just beat them, but batter them. And yeah. that's just what it is. I mean, it'll be different. You know, They're going to Leeds on Saturday, Borough. That's going to be completely different, and that's a, you know, that could be a backs to the wall and try and hit them on the break and try and get what you can. But a bit like you, Daz, you know, I, I look at Borough and think, well, where are the goals coming from? Their top scorer, bearing in mind yeah. how far we are into the season, what are we, seventeen games into the season or something? Um, uh, the top scorer has got five, yeah. and he hasn't played for ages. That's yeah, Riley McGree. Crazy, Whereas, you, yeah, and crazy. you're looking for everyone else to chip in with the goals. Yeah. The big thing yeah, for me exactly is right. all them teams up there have got goal scorers. The ones who get promoted have yeah. got a goal scorer. You'll get 15 plus a season minimum. 
Yeah. And that's where, you know, that's where, the, for me, the success lies. And it's not just in, in the championship. It's in every league, isn't it? If you've got a goal scorer yeah, who pitches is, in mate. with goals, then you've got yeah. half a chance. And I think that's the only yeah. thing, really, well, I mean, that's you, keeping Middlesbrough and Sunderland, to, to an extent, um, from, from certainly mate. making the playoffs. Yeah. Well, we've never re- really replaced Stuart, mate. Do you know what I mean? In mm. a sense... You know, yeah. you, you know, Stuart would, you know, you get, you get your 15, 20 goals a season. Do you know what I mean? We've never really replaced him. And, and I, I agree with you, mate. You know, we, we're both in the kind of it's the same boat. But for me, obviously, you know, Middlesbrough are, are chipping away and, and, and getting goals. Um, You know, you look down at Plymouth. And by the way, they've got loads of injuries, Daz. You know, you know what I mean? Borough are, yeah. are dealing with a massive injury yeah. list. You know, like I said, Riley McGree's been out. Yeah. Marcus Force been out. Hackney, Dale Fry, Engel, Lewis O'Brien. They were all missing yeah. the other night. So it was... You know, it was a really big, big players, aren't they? Yeah, Tommy Smith was missing. You know, yeah, he's out for the for season the with Lenahan. Massive Definitely. players, Aye. massive players. But to to yeah. keep doing what they're doing, you know, and get a four yeah. nil is is brilliant. You, you miss, you're going to miss a tuber Akpom who gets thirty goals in the season. But you, Gosh, you are, yeah. you are yeah. thinking. You know, if Higgy he had a goal D- scorer, Higgy it'd Dave, be right can I ask you a qu- can I ask you a question about tomorrow's game? Sure, go on. Being Borough lads. Is this classed as a derby for you? <laughs> it's not a derby if Sunderland is still in the league. <laughs> um, historically, right, okay. it does have a bit of no, a, just, a derby I was, edge. I was just asking. Yeah, it has, it has got an edge oh, to it. Right. Right. They always class that as a what's derby. It, I don't know why. What's the distance never, in mileage from Middlesbrough to Leeds? What's the distance? It's, it's is right. it 40 miles, Dave? No, it's what's more than that. It's, 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 about, it's about 60, 65 miles, isn't it? So it's not, yeah, so it's not exactly a derby, but there is an edge to it. There is almost a bit of a derby edge to it without it being a derby, if that makes sense. It's the Yorkshire connection, isn't it? It's the Yorkshire connection. That's where it is. Yeah. Are they the closest team in Yorkshire? What do you mean the Yorkshire connection? Well, Borough historically is in North East, isn't it? No, Middlesbrough. Well, it used to be Yorkshire, didn't it? Yeah, South Bank of the... You see, the the Yorkshire border traditionally, historically, ended at the River Tees. So so Borough, technically, is a Yorkshire club. But it's not. But it's not. It's more North East than it is Yorkshire, but... Higgy, get on. Higgy, get... Higgy... Higgy, get on Radio Yorkshire, mate. Come on, man. <laughs> they wouldn't understand <laughs> him. <laughs> I was on Radio Lancashire last Tuesday, mate, and that that was bad enough. It'd be full of a up ducks. <laughs> well, listen, it, it's a up ducks. It, it would be because that's um, that's a messed up accent if ever there was one, and, and I'm a scouser, so. I, I listen. I don't class it as a derby, and I never have classed it as a derby. Some of the fans do. There is a rivalry there. Um, it's a bit of a, I think the police would call it a category what a category A. Category A, yeah, definitely. Now, yeah. So there's um, there is an edge to it, and and it'll be no different tomorrow. Like I say, it'll be it'll be a really tough one because I, Leeds for me are the only ones who could catch Ipswich or Leicester. Even though, do you know yeah. what? Since we've said about Leicester, they've gone on a right dodgy dodgy run, haven't they? Haven't they? The Wednesday mate. taking the point from <laughs> the yeah, but they're still. I mean, yeah. listen, they're still up there and, and they're still away by five points, I think, clear of... Are they five points clear? Um, something like that. Uh, but Ipswich is still on that, the coattails. Yeah. Ipswich still keep going, don't they? Even though we're thinking, are they going to fall away or not? But they don't. They keep they keep pulling results out. Yeah. It's just... For me, the top three, that's where you, your promoted teams are going to come from. And then, you know, that if one of them ends up in the playoffs, then it's a lottery, isn't it? So... 
But there's, there's but it about could be, it could 12 be top teams four, get in. Could be a top four because yeah. Southampton are on a run as well. And they're yeah, only a point they behind Leeds. But you know what? I, I'd bought yeah, Southampton are, yeah. and, I mean, they got battered at Sunderland. I seen them at Middlesbrough. They weren't very good. Um, I did just something about Southampton for me. I, I don't, listen, they should, should be there or thereabouts. Was that nothing to do, because, Higgy, with uh, them trying to, um, Higgy, was that nothing to do with Southampton just bending into the new manager's ideas and stuff like mm. that? Because we yeah, talked maybe. about them, didn't we, earlier in the season and, and, yeah. and I remember you saying uh, you weren't that impressed with them and the, they'd lost a few games and they were shipping a few goals but they seem to hit in a bit of form now, don't they? Well, listen, they had some good players, Clarky, and, and some of the players who come off the bench that day really impressed yeah. me and and I just looked at them and thought, this team should be doing better than they are. So for whatever reason, mm-hmm. they weren't. Whether that was, I don't know what, whether there was problems behind the scenes or not, or whether, like you say, it's a new manager coming in and they're still trying to get used to it. Um, but they, you know, they looked, they looked a handful without being a handful, if that makes sense. They were, um, they looked like they had yeah, more yeah. ability than yeah. they showed. And yeah. and Middlesbrough and, and Sunderland comfortably win the games. I thought, no, comfortably, comfortably, but. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, oh, without a doubt, I remember watching. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and it was just one of them where I thought I expected a bit more yeah. from them, and I was a little bit disappointed with them. Um, but like you said, Leeds are on a mm. Leeds are on a decent run. They look like they found their form now, and and they'll push on. I think the second half of the season, and I'd like to think that someone else would. And whether that's a borough, and you mentioned about seasons mirroring last season, Daz with Sunderland starting well yeah. and then having a little blip. Middlesbrough started yeah. the same, haven't it? They, they had a really poor start last exactly, season. Exactly, mate. Same this season. Yeah, and then they've 100%. come with a right run, but they've come yeah. with a run earlier this season. So you just yeah. hope, yeah. you know, they tailed off last season. They only won two of the last 10 last season. Yeah. Um, so you just yeah. hope they can do a little bit better this season and, and hopefully they'll they'll get in and amongst it again. But you, you hope that about them all, yeah, don't yeah, you? Well, yeah, you do, mate. You do. I mean, that, that's what I was saying about them, about Mirren. You know, obviously, hopefully Sunderland, you know, this is not a, a patch that lasts for a while with Sunderland because obviously, you know, the feathers have slipped down that it's going to be a lot harder this year to, to get in those playoffs. I mean, we all thought Preston would fade away because they started like a house on fire as well, didn't they? Um, yeah. Looking yeah. at them the other night, I think they're, they're about to. If, if they get beat tonight, they could be in crisis because it's QPR tonight and they're, they're in really poor form. Yeah, it is, yeah. And if they get beat there, then I think they'll uh, they'll have a confidence crisis because they looked like a confidence team. When Middlesbrough scored the first the other night, they capitulated. They yeah. just went to bits. They started the game fairly brightly. They had control of the ball for the first 10, maybe 15 minutes. And then as soon as Middlesbrough scored, that was it. Boom, they, they just changed and they were a different yeah. side and looked really fragile. Yeah. So it's predictions time, fellas. It's a tough one for me, Dave, because I think it's. I'll go be... first. Go on, I'll go Clarkie. first, guys. Oh, go on, Higgy. You're on. You're on the mic. Go on, pal. Oh, well, listen. It's a tough. I, I'd take a point at Leeds. A hundred percent. I'd take a point. Um, I think it's going to be a one-one draw. I hope it's going to be a one-one draw. As for Sunderland, Sunderland need to win. Um, so I'm going to go. Yeah. I'm going to go two-one Sunderland. Newcastle, I think, will win two-nil. So okay. it's a full three out, three out of three. I'll, I'm going. I'm going. Newcastle win, but at the draw. And sorry, Daz. I think down at that cauldron of Millwall, you're going to come away with now tomorrow. Sorry, mate. 
<laughs> no worries. No worries, pal. No worries. I'm going to go 2-1 Sunderland win at Millwall. Good to turn the fortune around. Borough 2-2 with Leeds. Newcastle 3-1 with Man United because I feel Man United will be disappointed with their uh, draw in midweek. Mm. Well, let's see what happens. You've done it Get for it. another week, fellas. Enjoy the weekend, not the weather. Cheers, guys. And we'll, uh, we'll catch you next yeah. Friday. Cheers, fellas. Up the Borough. Cheers, Cheers fellas. Us. Take care. Thank you. See you. Come on, the two. See you, guys.